Um, okay. Alright. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new Kingdom Hearts podcast, Kingdom Hearts by Heart. I'm Kevin. I'm something of a Kingdom Hearts fan. I'm Marshall. I'm sometimes a Kingdom Hearts fan. Yeah, you could you could say we've we've dabbled. So, what is this podcast about? Well, basically, it's a Kingdom Hearts appreciation podcast where we're going to go all the way from the shores of Destiny Islands to the the final weird cutscene and melody of memory to basically give a whole series retrospective. And you know, we'll dabble in some other stuff in between, but ostensibly, yeah, we're gonna go through. We'll have. We'll have some hot takes. Yeah, some hot takes, some cold takes, some <laughs> spicy takes. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Buckle up, everyone. Uh, so if you'd like to play along, you would highly encourage it. It's essentially a, a book club of sorts. Each episode will cover eh, one world-ish. Uh, these first few episodes will be a bit of back and forth because the beginnings are always kind of paced out differently than the <laughs> usual games, especially when we get to Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> classic. That'll that'll be a hot take for sure. That'll that'll be a thing that we talk about at some point. Yes, <laughs> but I can tell you what this podcast isn't is a piss take on the series because we get it. The series is weird. It's convoluted. It's complicated. It's insane. You know, we're not going to talk about any of that. Well, we we probably will because it is all those things. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it's it. Everything and more. Yeah, we're gonna. That's why we love it. So we're going to talk about it in a more positive light and basically reset the discourse on Kingdom Hearts because it's gotten very crazy, especially once Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Although that game is now two years old, which is insane. So I don't know. Maybe maybe people are much more polite online. I'm sure they're not. (laughs) The internet is a harsh mistress. Yes. So basically this is a fresh start for whether you've been following the series since day one or maybe you kind of drifted apart but basically if you want to hear about kingdom hearts and reflect on why you love it in the first place we're the guys for you with that being said let's go over our personal history with the series specifically with this first entry here kingdom hearts uno this totally isn't where the audio died last time we tried to record what are you talking about <laughs> I, I thought you were um, saying it was dying again and i was gonna freak out <laughs> no 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 well, so far it's it's still it's still working, but um, I did get Kingdom Hearts the uh, maybe not like at launch, but definitely within launch year. Yep. Of its release, uh, I just have a very distinct. Which was two thousand two. Two thousand two. Oh my goodness. Yep. A life. A light. Literally. I mean, literally, almost twenty years ago at this point. Yep. Actually. Next year. Buckle up. <sighs> oh baby, jeez. Okay. Well, uh. The long and short of it was, when I was growing up, uh, my brother is eight years older than me, so our history of playing games was, he plays, I watch, yep. uh, and we don't try to kill A classic story. dynamic. Um, A tale as old as time. Um, mm-hmm. So, my brother played up through Wonderland, and then, miraculously, our PlayStation <gasps> 2 broke. Oh. And by, by, by uh, it was always, he was very vague about it. Uh, and then I think very soon after that, I was I was nine at the time, two thousand two, two thousand three would have been nine ten. Um, my brother did kind of go cold turkey with games very shortly after, Oof. and then maybe a year after that had happened, I was kind of curious about why the PlayStation Two broke and how I could fix. It's because the game was realized... too awesome, and it couldn't handle uh, it. Exactly. I just I realized that the uh, 
the inputs were unplugged from the TV, so I plugged it back oh my in, God. I plugged in the power supply, and I was just like, it lives! And my brother never explained why it, uh, it, it broke, and when I accused him, he just kind of shrugged me off. Basically. When you say broke, do you mean it just came unplugged, or, like, the actual, like, cables I, I, I think it were just, damaged? Either he didn't care, I think he, um, I don't think he's that devious enough to unplug it and just say, oh, it's broken. I think it might have just come undone. He didn't care to look behind the Oh, team. boy. That's, mind, that's traumatic. Mind you, <laughs> mind you, this is also early 2000s. So we had a, a small CRT on top of a dresser right. that, you know, you could, you would have to pull the CRT to get behind it. Yeah, it's uh, a, it's a bad time. Too, that's too much of a hassle for, for my brother, definitely. Oh. It's always so funny uh, to me when people are like, really intimidated by setting up a video game console like i just there's just too many wires i don't know what's going on well back in the day they were literally color-coded so there's not much mm-hmm. you can mess up literally and then a plug which you use for literally every piece of technology for the power exactly and i guess now it's now it's just two because you just have an hdmi yeah, yeah, now, <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's a little bit easier and a little bit harder just because you know there's only one prong basically because everything now is just hdmi out yep. um but then I, I, I guess to the average consumer who doesn't really know anything, who goes knows nothing, like, obviously you can... It's literally like a, the puzzle shape when you're a kid. Like, the square goes into square... The square peg goes in the square yep. hole. The circle goes in the circle, like, the round hole. But uh, I know from a technology aspect, it, you know, there, there is an aspect of it just being terrifying to some Yes, people. I think it was, you know, like, the Super Nintendo and earlier consoles where it was, like, that weird plug with, like... The tiny little wire that stuck out of it that you'd have to then insert into, like, the cable hookup, basically, on your TV. And then you'd have to screw it in, and you'd, like, murder your fingers while you were doing it. I, I think a lot of people were just traumatized by that. Uh, I think Those the, the SNES ran off, I think it was an RF cable, but that's, I'm, I'm not going to go into details, but yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for our <laughs> AV podcast. Um, exactly. Which will never happen. Continue. Yeah, so I, I booted up, uh, so I basically started maybe, like, I, ma- I imagine, like, 2004, um, and then it was Whoa. like, hey, I'm in Wonderland, and then I just watched him play through the Dive, Islands, yep. Traverse Town, and then maybe a little bit of Wonderland, so I kind of, like, it's like when you pick up a save file after so And you're long, like, what the hell's like, going on what, here? What, what did I do last time? Yeah. Uh, and then I just kind of went from there. And, oh, wow. I mean, here we are what you know again almost 20 almost 20 years later but uh yeah it was it was uh, a wonderland wonderland and early kingdom hearts one two uh kingdom hearts one don't say the word two afterwards because you're going to confuse people it was definitely not an easy world to go no that's a very strange way to start a full playthrough of the game but i also have some some weird hiccups like that which we'll get into as we go on um but great so i i had a friend well Let's reverse a little bit to the commercials. I remember that commercial pretty distinctly. Specifically, like, the scene in Deep Jungle when they're in the tent, and then they do their little, like, sitcom standoff, like, huh, and then Sora and Don look away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, obviously, the commercials looked insane. I was like, what the hell is this? It's Disney characters, and, like, I didn't really know what Final Fantasy was, but I knew that this was weird whatever this was on my tv screen Mm -hmm. i specifically remember he had a giant key and that looked stupid this game's stupid (laughs) for some reason my friend picked it up 
and then he was playing it or he kind of like invited me over to like play it and then I could watch and I was like wait a minute I'm I'm kind of into this what's going on here it's actually funny a lot of like bigger games that day I was kind of I first saw them through the lens of his in 64 but like he was kind of bad at games <laughs> there's always that one friend yeah so like I would always just see random bits and pieces. For example, I'd only ever see like the first level of Banjo-Kazooie and then we'd restart it. Uh Same with Ocarina of Time. Similarly, I only ever saw, from him anyway, Kingdom Hearts, not even like finishing Destiny Islands, but I was still into it Uh for some reason. I asked, I got a, I was able to borrow it from him and that's how I played for the first time with a borrowed copy and yeah, I pretty much Mm -hmm. fell in love and... It's like, what's happening? What are all these feelings I have? And I think it's like the first game where, you know, story was such a big emphasis. So Mm -hmm. like that was like really cool to me because I was like, wait a minute, this is like a TV show, basically. So I got like really into the lore and the characters and everything. So I think that's a big part of the impact for me. But yeah, I, I played it and I loved it. And then as similarly, I was pretty much hooked from there. So would you say... This is one of your favorite games. Ooh, that's a we're, go, we're going heavy right out the yeah. bat. I would say, I guess, and also to reflect a little bit on kind of what you were just saying, I first read about Kingdom Hearts coming out like in a gaming mag. So it had the it had a it was a you could tell it was maybe not earlier than when we had access to certain screenshots, but you just saw like Sora and, uh, with like Donald and Goofy. Um, I remember, just like remember one picture of Riku, uh, but everything also had it's still had Japanese subtitles. Like these were either oh wow, early in development uh, screenshots or the only thing they could kind of get their hands on. But I just remember seeing these like you know these anime boys <laughs> and then Disney characters. Yep. I'm like, what is this? It must be like a in my head I was like, there this must be like a, a new game or like this is a crossover. And they even though it had no Final Fantasy characters pictured, it mentioned it was Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. and that's what. Uh, I was like, ooh. I like that. Because I have a way too extensive history with fun. Even at what? This was like nine. Uh huh. A very extensive Final Fantasy history. And again, going back to me and my brother. Oh, wow. Um, when we got a PlayStation, maybe a little while after seven came out, we played through seven. We played through eight. And because seven was the first PlayStation FF, they didn't start to port. Square started to port a lot of the older games. So what? One and two came over. Three didn't. Uh, four came over. Chrono Trigger came over. Five and six came over. So we were you were square shills games. at that point. It, it, yeah, from a very early age, I just learned to uh, suck on the teeth. <laughs> uh, for better and also for much much worse. Yeah, <laughs> I had a similar experience with the gaming magazine. Kind of like introducing it. It's like a blur between actually seeing it with my friend playing it and like kind of the promotion pre-release hype. But I specifically remember it was this magazine. Might have been like some weird Disney magazine or something. But like it had like a tear out poster. But it wasn't really a poster. It was like a character list of pretty much all the characters. Some of them were missing. But like all the Disney characters and original characters. And uh, there's just like, like just like a pictures of like every character and like just like a... Was it just like like a like a name list? Kind of, yeah. It was just like their little portraits, like all like in a row and columns and stuff. And then, kind of on the flip side, or it might have been something like a separate tear out. It was like the world list and like their icons. 
Okay. And I remember yeah, trying to like piece them together, thinking like, okay, so this character would be in this world, and this character would be in that world. For example, I'd look at Simba and be like, well, Simba's a lion. Where are lions? The jungle. Simba's obviously going to show up in deep jungle, which. Yeah, that's that's not how that works. It was just fun for me even then to like figure out what the hell is this game. The pre-release stuff was all very intriguing for the first game, especially. Did we actually get an answer if this is one of your favorite games? <laughs> so talk about one specifically or like the franchise? Why not both? Franchise? I would say yes. Nice. Certain titles hold a certain place in my heart. And we'll talk about that later. Yes. Wink, wink. One, I'm pretty impartial <gasps> on one, to be honest. I don't get think out. it's definitely not the weakest title, but it... Uh, and even, you know, we, we've played up to a certain bit to refresh ourselves. And yes. And be kind of prepared for this podcast, obviously. I think I need a new perspective or, like, you know, a, a fresh playthrough to kind of okay. re- reaffirm my opinions. And I, I'm always like that. Uh, that's just me in general. And you'll fucking find out a lot about that uh, going yes. forward. I'm always keen on revisiting media. I always want to, like, get, uh, like, I'm playing through Pokemon Black right now because Original Generation 5 is one of my least favorites i want to you know i'm just like you know i played this game a certain amount of years ago let's 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 go through it again let's make sure that uh, because you know some opinions don't change and some do but one was definitely and again playing through the first few hours that we've played through so far it feels like the first title most definitely it feels like the uh, first time just like the very first time that's fair. The whole, like, uh, yeah, the whole, like, Sora, Sora is the chosen one, which kind of yeah. really, really fades away. Like, I won't, Well, we'll get I mean, he's not, really. though. We'll get into it. He, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of give and a lot of take in that area. Yeah. Um, but mainly, uh, compared to the other titles, one felt kind of like an outcast because there is so much exploration. Oh, absolutely. Super linear. Like, it was very much like a... It was, in all aspects, more RPG as opposed to ARPG. Yep. Uh, and that really shows. And I think Mass Effect has a similar trend, too, oh. that KH has. Of like Mass Effect 1 is very RPG-heavy. Like, uh, you can... Uh, just like, you may, even when you aim a gun in Mass Effect, like, everything is still a roll of the die, yep. essentially. And it, it, it as the series progresses, it uh, becomes a bit more linear... And as I think back to Mass Effect 1, actually, there were a lot of hub worlds and a lot of hub locations. And in future games, they kind of, like, streamlined it a whole lot, which you can also say about Kingdom Hearts as yep, well. Yep, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, compared to the other ones, which seem much more, go here, do this, Yep. one feels very much like, there's a whole world to explore. It just kind of felt like it was becoming the black sheep, in my opinion. But um, we'll see how much I... Uh, I stand by that once we, we start getting to the meat and potatoes of one. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to take this journey together. We're going to learn so much on the way. Well, I have a more definitive answer. Funnily enough, I kind of don't, because I'm really bad at picking favorites. <laughs> but, like, if you put... You said you knew! In my heart, I know. If you put a gun to my head and ask me, what's your favorite game? Like, I mean, yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts. It's definitely the game I've played the most. As a series, for sure, definitely my favorite because I've invested the most time and energy and tears into this series compared to anything else. Like I, I very understand. I have a hard time picking out a second favorite series, like maybe Uncharted? Question mark. 
So that's pretty easy. But in terms of like individual games, yeah, Kingdom Hearts One would have a pretty, a pretty good shot at it if I had to like really sit down and think about it. Yeah, just in terms of playtime, like let me let me go through how many times I've well just purchased the game. Keep in mind I've played through each copy multiple times probably, but it's definitely the game I've owned the most. Although, you know, quote-unquote owned, because the first time I played it, I borrowed it. But yeah, the first time I borrowed it from a friend. The second time, I bought it on my own, finally. And then, our PlayStation 2 was stolen, with Kingdom Hearts in it. So that was traumatic. <laughs> but, you, but, you, but you persevered, and you're still here to this I persevered. We got, we got a new playstation 2 and then the first game i bought was kingdom hearts even though i'd already beaten it twice at that point probably and at that point it's a point at that point it's a part of your it's mostly identity yeah, but not it's my really. dna like it's, we do have the same initials which has always been like a little little mm, stamp on my check that into my veins uh, cage so that's two and then i was a stupid boy and i traded it in for i don't even know what Probably like, <laughs> like tie the Tasmanian Tiger three or something. I don't know. Woo! <laughs> uh, but then maybe like a year or two ish later, like I came around and realized, what have I done? So then I I bought a used copy. <laughs> you monster. Yeah, I think it was like thirteen dollars. I remember specifically it was like a thing where I was like, let's go to games or EB Games back then, and then we bought a new copy. So that's number three. Then traded that in. <laughs> I traded in, I traded in like all my PlayStation Two collection basically to get. I traded my PlayStation Two and my Wii to get a PlayStation Three around two thousand eight ish. Okay, so that was copy number three, and then like two or three years later, again I realized, baby, I made a mistake. Will you please take me back? <laughs> so I got a hold of a friend's PlayStation Two. I don't remember if I borrowed it or bought it. But anyways, I had it in my possession. So then yeah. I ordered Kingdom Hearts like from Amazon at that point. So that's number four. And then this is like, I'm in like college-ish at this point. So it had been like a few years since I had played it. So it was like, oh my God, it's been so long since I played this and I love it. Why have I been so foolish? So that's number four. And then after that, I got the HD remix on PS3 because they finally gave the final mixes out in the US. And then on PS4, I got the, the 1.5 plus 2.5. So that's six. That's six times I purchased this game. That's, it's been a real, a real rocky relationship between us. I was about to say, it's, it sounds like a, re- <laughs> a real up and down relationship. Yes, but I, you know, we were meant to be. There's been a lot of passion between us over the past two decades, but we're finally <laughs> in a good place now. It's... It's definitely my favorite in the series, and we'll get into why that is over the course of the next, yeah, I don't know, two, three months is how long this first game will take if we do one world yeah. per episode. Awesome. We love Kingdom Hearts. That's why we're here, hosting a Kingdom Hearts podcast. If uh, we were here for all the wrong reasons, I, I can't, that's too much time and energy. Yeah, we're, we're already over 20 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the actual game so why don't we do that why don't we why don't we dive in if you will we can literally dive into the heart enter except we won't because there's so much more to talk about before we even get to that part (laughs) there's true that's true actually you boot up the game and honestly name a more iconic menu screen 
I'll wait. It's uh, simple. I was about to say it's simple and clean, like the way you're making me feel. No, different. no, I'm just talking about. It is hard to I'm just talking about. about the menu screen. With... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh... <laughs> I would say, dearly beloved, has a ninety percent of reason or a ninety percent appeal rate to why this uh, this menu this menu is just at this point kind of iconic. Actually. Oh, absolutely, and it's funny because all the renditions first one's so literally simple and clean like it's so basic mm. but it's still so good i i struggle to think of like another game that sets the mood so perfectly before you even play it really i'm sure you know your final fantasy stuff because it's obviously i was about to say final fantasy is the only other one that comes to mind in a in my opinion right which makes sense because obviously this is a very final fantasy heavy uh project but um mm-hmm. yeah it's just so good and i also love how the first menu it's just two options new game load game like there's no mess there's no junk if you look at kingdom hearts 3's menu screen it's a mess especially after they added all the limit cut stuff there's like eight options I'm like no that's that's not what kingdom hearts is what am i gonna do what am i gonna do with all these options <laughs> do you have a preference between the original artwork where it's just Sora standing in standing in the water with his little tootsies and he's got I think he's got the little stick in his mouth. I think he has a, yeah, he has like a stick uh, in his mouth or in his uh, yeah, I know he has a little twig in his mouth and I think he's holding I feel like he's Yeah, like I a, think so. Stick in his hand. But we wouldn't know because we're playing final on final mix. That's true. It's been a while since we've seen that uh old school. Yeah. But yeah, uh, final mix is him with the hood uh holding on to I, I I think it cuts off, but I want to say it's a flag. Yeah, it's a flag. Okay, it's definitely a flag. Got it. I would say definitely the original. Yeah. Um, at this point, I've seen the final mix menu probably as much as the original yep. one. Well, but I would still say the original. I think it definitely. Pro- I think they're both. They both make sense for their respective titles because one is definitely like here's this fresh new baby game for y'all. <laughs> no one's ever played this before. Yep. And Final Mix is very much a victory lap. I've played this before. You're coming back for more. Yeah. And finally, um, the hoodie's up, baby. Yes, it's the first time. That's, I think, the only time that Sora's hood is ever used. Ever, essentially. Like, it's never used ever in And, like, game. official art, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how cool would it be if there was, like, like, in Devil May Cry 5, there's, like, a button where you can throw up Nero's hood? That'd be great. <laughs> Square. Capcom. Yeah, let's do this. You're making money. Just listen to us. The menu's great. How long did it take you to figure out that there's a full-blown menu trailer if you just idle on it for, like, 30 seconds? Um, probably not. I don't think I remember exactly when it hits. Uh, and also if it was intentional or not. Yep. <laughs> it was definitely, like, uh, my first go around with the game, like, playing it back in 2003, 2004. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's... I want... I will, uh... I will not give Kid Me any credit. I will just say I probably went to go use the bathroom where I started the game and went to go use the bathroom. I probably came back to the what I would call, to, I guess, the menu cinematic, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Because it's not the intro cinematic. And we'll get to that in two seconds. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what, what the hell's happening? Probably the same for me where like, I would say I was like on my phone or something, but I wasn't because I was a kid. But I was doing something while the menu was playing, and then suddenly this like epic instrumental rendition of Simple and Clean starts, and you're like, what is happening? Although, mm-hmm. no, it's not really epic. That's more Kingdom Hearts 2's version, but a very stirring rendition nonetheless. And then, definitely, yeah, it's just like, here's the entire game, basically, and you're like, what? Sora's got his shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, like, 
So I would say Kingdom Hearts 2 is when I actually started following the games before they were released. And I remember there's always been this idea of like, oh, well, they showed off everything before it came out. Wouldn't it be cool if there was like a surprise world? And I, I was definitely one of those people. Kind of like, you know, how in Smash people are like, ah, oh, like, let's leave some fighters for a surprise, which I, I kind of agree with, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Kingdom Hearts has always laid out its cards like that. There's never really been a surprise definitely. with like, this I, Disney yeah. property is going to be in here. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of you like mentioning that. I'm thinking just back to promotional for two, some of the spinoffs in three, and I can't think of like uh, anything that was big or important that wasn't shown, basically. I guess the only thing that people may or may not, going back to Simba, actually, when you were thinking of, or trying to piece the worlds yep. and the characters together, of uh, maybe like a summit or two would be like a, a nice little surprise. Maybe. I, but I remember in the the commercials for two remember at some point seeing chicken yep. little you definitely see stitch for yep. a hot second whether it's the summon or it's uh during the battle of a thousand heartless yes uh cut scene. it definitely basically says here you know here's little here's these like two second snippets here's these little cuts of what it, you're going to be experiencing so so good well i think i guess the again still for especially early on and i guess still to this day i mean it it's a disney crossover so you're gonna want to you want you want to you want to look girl if you got it you gotta want it (laughs) like i think the perfect example of that is with kingdom hearts 3 specifically most of the audience has dropped off by that point like i remember like in gamestop there was like a poster for kingdom hearts 3 and it it was kind of not that great to be honest it was just like standard art of sora kind of like cut up from his bottom half so he's just like staying there awkwardly and then it's like the Disney world's like around him and like these little diamond overlays and it's just like here's Kingdom Hearts 3 and I'm like well that's that's not how I interpret Kingdom Hearts 3 but like that's like totally to show people like hey the new Kingdom Hearts is frozen in it buy it. <laughs> and s- Give us your money! Yeah. So, like, yeah, they kind of do have to show it off. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone doesn't like Mulan, so maybe they wouldn't want to buy Kingdom Hearts 2. But maybe maybe they really stan Tron. So if you show that off, they're like, holy shit, <laughs> Tron's in a game? I need this. <laughs> for, all of you, uh, for all you people born in the, the mid-90s and onward who just love your Trons. Yeah. Oh, God. But again, we'll get to that. So, yeah, the mini trailers. Awesome. I'd, I'd probably let it go two or three times the first time I'm playing, just to like really get in the mood. And then I will start a new game. What what difficulty did you did you start this one on? So for cur- right now, because they're just kind of enjoying it and replaying it, I did do normal, <gasps> uh, very quick snippet because I own 1.5 and 2.5 for PS3. Uh, I don't think I'm ever busting out my PS3 ever again. So. Yep. I think last year I did buy the PS4 1.5 and 2.5 combined. And I was like, I couldn't, uh, to replay, to to do my homework, I was like, where is this game? I bought this game. And I I finally found I plugged it in. Apparently I started a proud mode run, maybe when I first actually bought it. So I was like, "Mm, I'm going to put a pin in proud mode. I was also, I mean, I was only at Olympus Coliseum. I wasn't too far in, but I'm still like, I need to... And I guess when I get to Olympus Coliseum, I'll debate my life choices if I want to switch over the proud mode version yep. or continue with the normal file. I think right now I'm definitely going to stick to the normal, but we'll uh, that we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes to yeah. Olympus. When was the last time you played? A full I guess playthrough is probably honestly when um, Kingdom Hearts three. Whenever I played it, when I when <laughs> probably when I, when I whenever one point five. Well, when, I guess whenever we originally got one point five might have been the oh last god that time. was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Damn. I remember 
I did the that was yeah that was college. I think I had my roommate play through Kingdom Hearts one. Maybe maybe watch me. I'm not sure. It actually may have been after 2013. So actually, I want to say like 2015, 2016. Okay. Uh, I either played through it myself or guided a new player through the game step by step. Basically. Oh, that's a fun experience. Hopefully. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually just played this pretty recently, six months ago, if that, because I I played through one, two, and three, like back-to-back-ish, like a few months in between. I was actually contemplating a level one run, but for the same purposes of wanting to like actually get through it, and also level one's like a totally different way of playing. That's not the base experience, which we're trying to recapture here. So I am on Proud, but I'm not on level one, but maybe... Yeah. eventually i i have tried it before i've only ever gotten up to well only i've gotten to the first riku fight in hollow bastion and kind of he's kind of a brick wall so i i have not finished it but i should definitely definitely try it again to get that under my belt since i guess we've established this is my favorite game of all time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm on proud and exp zero is only on proud mode correct yes okay and you have to be really careful about it so because like you can't turn it on until, like, the third or fourth station in the Awakening, but you fight Heartless before oh. that. So, like, you could level up if you choose the wrong path. Oh. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's not very intuitive at all. Okay. Anyways, you select the difficulty, and then you're on your way for the intro cutscene. Yeah, right off the bat, we talked about how the game really establishes its tone. Specifically with the intro cutscene, it really, it's... Like, it establishes this, like, weird contrast of, like, what you'd expect from a Disney property. Because it's very dark and ominous with the stormy clouds billowing. I think there's, like, some thunder in the background. Then you just get, like, the yeah. title and this really elegant sans serif font. Serif is when it does have the little things. Yeah. And just like, whoa, what is this? This isn't your grandpa's Disney game, basically. No. Which is funny, because that's kind of the direction that Nomura was given. Yeah, like, it's just, it sets the mood so well, because it's like, what is, what's happening here? This is, like, epic. It definitely, yeah, I would say the intro cinematic definitely sets its, uh, it's, it sets its, it sets its pace. It says, here's kind of what you're going to be experiencing. And if you, I feel like if you had any expectation of a certain aspect going in, this either reaffirms or, like, breaks it over its knee in half. No, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, because there's... There's no Disney whatsoever in the actual CG cutscene. And you're like, wait, this is like a whole other thing? What's going on? It's a Disney game? I guess you get Snow White at the very end. But yeah, let's True, let's yeah. talk about that intro. Obviously, Simple and Clean plays. We all love it. We all know it. We've all heard it. And the myriad of spinoff games where they've reused it. But yeah, it's funny to me like how epic the cutscene makes what's happening on screen look. But really, when you think about it, Sora, well, he has his little dreamy monologue. I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like every teenager does, yes. Yes. And then it cuts to him on the beach, and literally all that happens is he runs into the water, he gets washed up on the shore, mm-hmm. he says hi to Kyrie, and then he falls into the water sky again. <laughs> like, really not much happens, but it looks so cool, because there's like all the dynamic camera shots, and the music's just banging. It makes you think. And I mean, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I guess I guess as that joke, I was like, it makes you think. And like, tonight actually does to a degree make you contemplate, like, what is or what are we about to get ourselves into? Right. Well, I noticed this time. I have a theory that the intro kind of lays out the whole game's plot. If you'll 
Mm-hmm. If you'll bear with me, I guess we should say spoilers pretty much for the whole game at this point. It's almost 20 years old. Eh. If you yeah, played it, you played I it. I mean, uh, yeah. So I think going forward, this kind of sets the tone for the, the rest of the show as well. Like, let's talk about Wonderland and then spoil, like, uh, freaking Neverland. But, like, uh, we may make references to later titles, later events. Uh, we spoil it. There's Tron! <laughs> Uh, so if you are playing for the first time along with us um there may be some some slight spoilies but there won't be we won't be like we'll talk about our dive to the heart and then we'll, we won't like immediately go to talk about like this makes this reference in like you know in two and three and so on and so forth but there will be a little little nips and buds uh, that uh so if you're trying to avoid some spoilers uh you know we're, we're not gonna blatantly spoil the experience but there will be references to other titles and other events but uh just uh as a heads up, because this is this this is the wild, wild west of the internet. Yeah. All right. Well, it kind of undercut my whole spiel there because I was about to spoil the whole game. So, but basically, <laughs> if you think about it, I'll try to I'll try to outline this in broad strokes. Let's just say the ocean, right, represents mm. darkness. So you have darkness. Sora, who's unsure about stepping into the ocean slash darkness. And then he sees Riku's about to get wiped out by this giant wave, so he rushes in to save him. But then he can't reach him, so the ocean kind of pushes him back away from Riku, and then Riku essentially vanishes. We don't see him for the rest of the cutscene. And then yeah. he washes up on shore to the embrace of Kairi-ish, and he he gives this really cute little cheeky smile. I always like that part. Like Sora's Sora's got a nice nice set of chompers on him. <laughs> <laughs> so he washes up to Kyrie. Yeah, his dentist. Yeah, and his, his hairstylist. And then he looks up at the sky, and then he falls into the sky, and uh-oh, he's not with Kyrie anymore. Oopsie. So take take that summary for what you will, and you can overlay it onto what happens in the game, and then I I, I think you'll see some connections there. There, I, I can attest there's a little bit. Yeah, I also wouldn't say that's more... I mean... It is kind of a spoiler, but, you know, we're not basically laying out the entire plot of the game right. in this one explanation. Either. Yes. So, yeah. It's funny to me because, you know, after Kingdom Hearts 1, pretty much every game's intro was just recapping the series thus far. Mm-hmm. So, if Kingdom Hearts 1, obviously, couldn't do that. So, it, like, had to kind of figure out, well, what are we, what should we do here? And I guess they decided, maybe, well, let's, let's look ahead and see what's going to happen in this game. But I do have to wonder, like, just to, like, give you an idea of, like, how much of a fanboy I was. I remember, like, in my head imagining, like, what the Kingdom Hearts 2 intro cutscene would look like. Oh, boy. <laughs> and the answer is, oh, it's just kind of like a clip show of the last two games. But, yeah, I I, I had to imagine, like, what would the other games' cutscenes have looked like if they had chosen. Like, well, let's kind of, like, do something new with these instead of, yeah. like I said, just doing a recap. Because it's kind of an easy pattern to fall back on, but... It's fine. They're all still really good in their own ways, obviously. But I'm just saying Kingdom Hearts 1 is the best. So, so yeah, you got your intro cutscene. You slash Sora. You end up in this weird ethereal realm with all these weird Disney princess platforms. What's going on here? So we are officially in The Awakening. What is The Awakening even supposed to be? Like, how do we interpret this? I guess they're all technically dive to the hearts. So you can... You can think of them as sort of like a character introspective to a degree. And I guess I think of this one, I think of future ones that does kind of correlate. Uh, or it, it, it seems to be a good encapsulation of what they technically are. I feel like, uh, well, we'll, we'll focus on KH1's one. 
it's very much Sora looking inside himself, and I think of, I think of what plays out during the entire thing. I think of what plays out in the in the ominous uh, narrator text that occurs constantly. Yes, and I can I can I can definitely attest to like it's uh it's definitely a character introspective. It's him unintentionally, and I don't think it's definitely you know it's obviously he wakes up he's like I had this weird dream, friends. What do you think about that? It's not about him. Hey guys, want to hear about my intentionally, dream? Intentionally. Yeah, yeah. It's not even like an intentionally looking inward. It's just basically like a conscious, unconscious, like call to arms uh, a little bit. Do we think this was necessary for Sora to get the Keyblade, basically? Like, was this his rite of passage? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's more okay. of a... I think it's more of a... It is, a, it is in the, the end for the character, but I think it's also a good uh, starting point for the player, really. Honestly, it, it's just a tutorial. But you know Nomura, he has to he has to shove everything and everything. Yeah. And I'm sure his yeah. own interpretation of what a dive of the heart is has changed many times over the years. Definitely. So why are we talking about this? Yeah, it's just interesting to me how it's like, specifically, it's all themed around the princesses. What context is that for why Sora would be seeing them? He would have no connection to them at that point. Like, I could argue, like, later in the game, he would have a connection that would then connect to the rest of them. But at this point, like, yeah. no, it's just, who are all these hot babes in my dream? <laughs> Again, like, every teenager. <laughs> I guess, I mean, the, the, at the, at the end result is they all are princesses of heart. But at this point in, in this story, because the story is just starting out there, there is no, like, uh, correlation. I guess the one way of interpreting it is there are, uh, hey, Disney princesses. This is Disney. Yep. Hey guys, don't forget. And then later you do find out, oh, these characters are of some significance as we meet some and then don't meet others yep. going forward. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like on the surface level, again, it's does a really good job of kind of establishing the tone of like, yeah, it's Disney, but it's in this weird, mysterious kind of foreboding atmosphere where like it's not Disney. Yeah, on that level, it definitely works. You get a basic tutorial, pretty much everything. It's it's kind of funny to me, like, what they did and didn't choose to tutorialize here. Your, your very first action in the game, hold your breath. Can you push the analog stick forward? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Yes, you did it. You are the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, it kind of makes sense, right? Because this is still pretty early-ish, um... In terms of like 3D games, so I'll I'll allow them to like explain like this is how you move. Yeah, and what do we go over? We go over obviously the fighting mechanics, which is the main important thing. Uh, but we also go over camera controls, how to interact with things. Yes, yeah, specifically, how can you pick up a barrel and throw it? Which is so funny to me because like that never really factors into the game at all, except for yeah. like Olympus Coliseum-ish. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of when I, when I do the, the barrel lifting every time. It's like, this will matter for 10% of the game. Yeah, not even, like, two. Honestly, what matters to me the most is in Traverse Town, you can throw the barrels at Goopy. That's pretty fun. Oh, I don't think I've ever tried doing <laughs> Ooh, that. I'll try it. It's, it's a great time. I'm a, I'm a good boy, okay? So yeah, you get to the point where... You have to choose your weapon. You have to choose your Pokemon, basically. This part went way over any kid's head, as it should, because yep. it does not explain itself at all. But basically, you get to choose between a sword and a staff and a shield. Which one did you choose? If you if you, if you were a kid when this game came out, you didn't chose... You, no, no one chose anything besides yeah, the sword. Yeah, obviously, Let's you're going to choose the sword. 
It's like, do I want ice cream, a salad, or like a sandwich <laughs> as a kid? Come on. Yes. Like, even in the intro cutscene or the menu trailer, it shows him with the sword. So, like, canonically, he chose the sword. Yeah. They really they really just tricked you, didn't they? It's kind of like, hey, kids, come here. Choose the sword. Ah, you idiot. Exactly. So, like, I definitely, as a kid, always chose the sword. Uh, and I also had this discussion with some other people uh, growing up that... Uh, uh, the path it sets you on, it obviously it asks which weapon do you want to keep, which one do you want to sacrifice. I always interpreted that, even though it clearly says like you've chosen the power of X, you're getting rid of the power of X or Y. Is this the way? Is this like is this the path you're choosing? I would always the the second pick, the sacrifice. I would always pick the thing I wanted to keep up until like probably final mix playing it like as a as an adult. <laughs> That's the opposite. I would, it's literally the opposite <laughs> way of how it's supposed to work. Yeah. So I feel like I definitely, uh, I I had like half flashbacks of always picking sword, then getting rid of shield. Even though you wanted to keep it. Even though I wanted to keep the shield. Got it. <laughs> Obviously, I always chose sword. But I think in one playthrough, which I probably didn't even finish it, but I did choose shield just because I was curious, like, well, how do you fight with a shield? And he basically just... It's so funny. I think I may have chosen shield or staff growing up just to see how it played like you know how do i uh, this the staff I mean, or the dream rod if you want to be specific right. uh, how does it how does it play how does it look and it's it's just it's, a sword it's the same thing you just hold it by the you hold it by the base it works just like the sword the shield has absolutely no range uh and it's uh you're just bashing shadows left uh, and right take that i chose staff this time because staff is objectively the best because is it? Is it is because when you choose staff okay. you get a bonus mp that you cannot get anywhere else like if you choose any other you will be capped at like i don't know like 19 mp but if you do choose staff like you'll get that extra one so you'll have 20 mp whereas okay. the other two's bonuses like you can still get them even if you did choose staff so like like i said objectively like it gives you something that the other two can't I don't know. Maybe there's like some finer details of like, oh, well, you'll get. Um, excuse me. Uh, max item slots. Thank you, sir. Oh, <laughs> is, is that true? I, uh, I that's for for shield. Yeah, the shield advantage is. Oh, okay. Uh, is actually uh, I, I guess the the exact uh, the uh, exact thing you're saying for NP, but max item slots on on Sora at least. Okay. Yeah then sword probably has something similar yeah probably should have looked this up but i say staff is the best because because the way mp works in kingdom hearts one it's both your gauge and your power which i really like because it's a nice way to simplify it so basically the more mp you have the stronger your spells will be if you have two mp bars you'll do eh damage but if you have 10 you'll do way better yeah so especially in level one runs where magic is gonna be your best offensive mood. Oh, that's right. For a level one, yeah. Run, I guess you would pick staff because then you'll always have at least three magic during the game. Yeah, like. And I think some spells. I think of most spells costing two, but there may be like. I think most. I think the max anything costs is two, actually. Yeah, yeah. So you're, uh, you're not. You're not screwed over by not by uh, exactly choosing not the staff, but you know the staff is going to give you more flexibility. And that's like the only stat that actually scales in level one. Like strength and defense really don't mean anything. So that's why I that's choose true, staff. Yeah. Also, I like. Yeah, I, I usually know. like you know the, the magic-y build just to be a little different. So I chose staff, 
and gave up shield because in my experience i found that choosing shield and giving up sword it kind of breaks the game to be honest like that is that is easy mode on top of easy mode because your defense just gets so good so i gave up shield this time just give myself a little extra challenge Mm. so yeah i'm gonna be casting magic left and right okay i feel like as an adult i've always chosen shield and then given up one of the other two yep i think i did do sack shield get sword this time around i yeah i can i can confirm i actually did do uh, okay uh i did exactly that nice i think the like major benefit although i can't even remember which one it is but whichever one gives you scan earliest like ah that's a godsend uh sword actually gives you scan early. okay uh at least in, in final mix yes you get scan early and i'm looking at like the final miss final mix i should say obviously the abilities were shuffled around the game was just made balanced basically i think i remembered when uh, it must have been before final mix uh, I, I remember i think getting shield just because guard was the first skill you learned at like level five or six yep. and then grinding destiny islands until i got five or six just because i wanted to see what guard looked with like the wooden sword beginning stage with the oh my god sword. even though <laughs> you could just you know do it later on in hollow bastion really that's amazing oh yeah i think i think i did the same for scan like i wanted to get scan just to see the kids health bars when fighting them. oh like, that's interesting like a, like a one-off deal like it wasn't a playthrough that i was like okay time to play the rest right of the it was just like let me grind to what my, my necessary level well have you seen in the tutorial area the like streamer or youtuber who like got to level 100 on destiny islands i i remember that yeah yeah he's done it for like multiple games like i, I guess that's his whole shtick but he's done it in kingdom hearts one he's done it in kingdom hearts two like in twilight down mm-hmm. he's done it in final fantasy 7 that like first section with the shinra shoulders soldiers oh wow it's <laughs> it's a lifestyle that i'm not about personally uh exactly <laughs> you you choose your weapons you're on your way and then i think like the next station is like here's health orbs which i just like to give a shout out to like the game's sound design yep when your little health orbs drop and then when you collect them like it's just so satisfying it's like so bouncy and bubbly ah it's great it's it's definitely like the sound that you imagine when picking up this or interacting with this yeah these little little bouncy light balls So yeah, everything about the game, like in terms of production quality, is very stellar. So yeah, we're moving along the tutorial. We get to the next very obfuscated, this will impact the rest of your playthrough, basically. Oh, (laughs) the growth questions, yes. Yeah, you meet meet the Final Fantasy characters, which is kind of a a weird way to introduce them, but whatever. And they ask you things about like, what are you afraid of? Uh, What's your goal in life? Um forget what the third one is off the top of my head yeah. it's pretty much the same as one of the other ones as far as i remember basically yeah but yeah if you're a stupid kid slash just a reasonable kid you just answer based on what you would actually pick in real life but mm-hmm. if you go on the internet and look up what these questions actually mean you'll realize that the first questions make you level up faster in the beginning and or sorry the first answers the last answers make you level up later in the game and the middle answers mean you level up pretty much the same throughout the whole thing yeah what uh obviously when did, 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 did our homework for this i read i re-looked at the questions obviously just to remind myself nice and i grew up with the official strategy <gasps> one and it just it uh it tells you 
it doesn't go in depth. And then again, don't forget, like these guides are not written by people from the company. They're just written from yep. like Brady Games or Prima Games or you know whoever makes the guides. So it's it's like a third party, basically telling you this and that and the other at the end of the day. But yeah, the uh, the guide tells you to pick uh, if you pick this path. So if you pick the first answers, which will one through fifty is you have an accelerated growth rate, but fifty to ninety nine you have a decreased rate. It just said this is the fast option. So it made you to believe that if you just picked all of the first options, you you'd level up the fastest. Like, basically through the game. So it made no, it's like why would I even choose the slow option? Yeah. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> But then again, I mean, that's that's very intuitive. that's very on the nose for a guide that came out in what, the early two thousands of not knowing every single little detail about the game yep. as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it described the like fast growth, normal growth, slow growth. But now we know that there is yeah early growth, neutral all the way, and then late growth for the. Although I think doesn't one of them like three. your total experience like to get to one hundred is much higher than the others. Maybe I'm making that up, but I think like one of them, like in the end, you'll have to get a lot more experience than the others. It might have been like uh, it might be the quote unquote fast route. I I would think it might be fast, yeah, just because I'm not and I haven't looked beneath I haven't looked beneath the hood and see exactly what it kind of acts of you or like asks when it it does that growth rate yep. when it turns it up and turns it down. But I imagine the fast growth if it isn't like just like a multiplier. Then at the yeah for the for fifty to ninety nine because just the exp growth is you know obviously bigger and bigger because you're getting stronger and stronger. Yep. I imagine that would have like a, a total that's bigger than the other two at the end of the day. Yeah. So I chose again quote unquote the slow route for this one because I usually get to the think. final boss around level forty ish. Again, this is kind of another way to impose a little bit little bit more difficulty on myself. What did you choose? Uh, this time I chose the. This time with the the knowledge I have now, uh, I chose neutral. Uh, I feel I feel like I think literally every time up until then I've always chosen the fast early yep. option just because growing up I had that guide and I was like I read the guide growing up the guide knows best right no the the the, the guide does not unfortunately now that I realize that yeah uh, so th- th- this time I chose I chose neutral just to I guess get the average experience at the, yes I always dreamed about owning that guide I remember that Christmas of like the year when I first played the game like basically my whole Christmas list was Kingdom Hearts themed I wanted the guide I wanted the game for myself I wanted the action figures and for some reason, I didn't get any of them. <laughs> Maybe I was too afraid to actually ask because I was still kind of embarrassed about Kingdom Hearts. So, mm-hmm. uh, what a life. Honestly, in terms of like leveling up, it's so inconsequential in terms of like everything else you can get. But like the benchmark I've always set, like I said earlier, when can I get scan specifically for the Clayton stealth sneak fight? Ah, uh, yes. The first fight. Actually, no, not the first fight, because Cerberus is probably the first fight that has, like, a... I mean, maybe a Trickmaster, actually. I don't think of how much health Trickmaster has, but, um... I think it has, like, two solid bars. Yeah. I was thinking that tri- uh, that Clayton was the first one to have uh, two health bars, but Cerberus definitely has two. And I think Trickmaster may have a full one, or at least, like, one and a half. Yeah. Actually. So, yeah, enough. So, I'm just totally incorrect. Ignore all of my opinions. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I remember desiring Scan for that fight. Yep. Uh, if I didn't have it already. Yeah, and we'll talk about this more in the world. But luckily there's a spot in it where you can kind of grind a little bit before. So usually I'll do that if I don't already have skin. But 
everything else, I mean, I don't really mind, honestly. I guess, like, if I know specifically I want to get to level 100, which I don't really do that often, but if I do, then I'll, I'll stick with um, the later growth path. It doesn't really impact the game too much. Like, it's it's not really a challenging game if you're, like, just going for base game completion. Yeah. yeah. Pick whatever you fancy, kid. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's I imagine there's, it's part level up, part staff base, but also... Uh, majority skill base. Yeah. There are very few times where it's like, oh, I have to grind because I have to get stronger. Most of the time, yes. I have to realize these actions. Yep. I have to understand to uh, run like hell for 20 minutes and then do one combo and win the game. Definitely. Or win the fight. And you get so many useful abilities just progressing through the story without leveling up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. It took me to... Uh, I... I don't know. I, just, I guess I always just forget that dodge roll is like the first given ability. Huh. Like it's not like we'll, a, we'll talk about dodge I roll. <laughs> I was a. Uh, I don't know. I, I just every time I play one again, I always forget. Oh, I have to wait until the end of Traverse Town to get my dodge roll. Yeah, because you know it's supposed to be your first ability. Supposed right. To. All right. So you choose your path, and then you're kicked back into your dream, and then things start amping up. The rest of the the awakening is just combat, pretty much. So you pretty straightforward you do the door you do the uh the lift uh, the lifting of the barrel which now i think about it the introduction of reaction commands for final mix or i guess for the ports of final mix to be honest because yep. i don't know if japanese final mix had the triangle reaction command i don't think so it kind of invalidates having that last bar on the menu because there's attack oh totally item, blank <laughs> and then the and then the mm, i'm gonna call yeah it i was gonna say oh is that summon but no on kingdom hearts one summon was in the magic menu so yeah that's weird yeah. that they didn't change that uh it's there for nostalgia purposes obviously it's the uh the blank space for me to put all of my beloved memories I, I can't even like think about like, what, what you know what could we put there what could we use it for yeah for anything that's not already a reaction command you know what you could do you could do it especially in the ps3 version they did fix in the ps4 version that could have been like a manual way to command Donald and Goofy. Mm. So like basically you could toggle between attack and stay. Or if you want to go big brain, like you could go more in depth and go like, hey, Donald, heal me. But that that would kind of break the game, probably. <laughs> in the PS3 version, or in any version, uh, pressing triangle will kind of order Donald and Goofy, which... It's annoying in certain circumstances, but that could have been something that they could have kind of thrown in as like, here's a better way to do this that isn't shared That's with true. another button. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you do have Donald and Goofy. Do, they don't mean they have their own settings. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but uh, usually now, whenever I get Donald and Goofy yep. to join my party, I immediately go and then alter uh, their configuration because I usually like Donald to never cast advanced magic or you know the least the least uh, populated yeah basic um uh, uh, yeah offensive is usually it depends on the mood but offensive is usually use a lot or use pretty medium uh like evenly yep and then uh, restore because i sometimes i can't heal myself donald usually they do usually keep on the middle option as well i think i I'd have to look at the menu to see what I do for Goofy, but I usually like Goofy I mean, kind of do what he needs yeah. to do. He's never really out Goofy of Goofy doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, I, the important thing is that Goofy does have MP gift later on. Yes, but that's, that's much later on. Yeah. Okay, so you fight off some Heartless, you get the, the Rainbow Bridge, 
and then you climb up. You get very confused because on Aurora's platform, there are black vines everywhere. And guess what? The shadows you fight are also black. <sighs> Uh-oh. Better watch out. Uh, I just rem- I remember, like, uh, when the shadows, like, meld into the floor, being like, wait, 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 wait. wait. And yeah, when they do that, uh, sometimes you lose, like, focus on them and being like, what am I fighting again? And then all of a sudden there's one behind you being like, surprise! Oh, and you're, it, like, it blends into the floor because the floor is... Yeah, literally they camouflage into the floor. Oh. No, I don't think intentionally, just like purely purely on accidental. Huh. But I remember growing up being like, I can't tell where the enemy starts yeah. and the floor begins. I've never had that problem, but I can totally see that. Mm. So yeah, you, you beat them there, you get the next platform, which is the final one. But I always like this touch of when you're walking up the like rainbow stairs. If you look behind you, they fade away, so there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Very ominous. So you get to the final platform, which is Bell. And I don't... I don't know if I've just never paid enough attention or what, but like I didn't really register Beast was also on that platform. Like mm-hmm. there's a picture of Beast and like that totally makes sense. And obviously it's been it all time. But like for some reason, this go around, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't look familiar. Mm-hmm. They're looking good for their little their Instagram pic. But Sora's not looking good because he just had a giant shadow monster come out from his own shadow. Yep. So we got Big Boy, the dark side, who's got long hair, don't care. And he's also got dainty little dancer's feet. And he, he d- <laughs> dark, uh, look, dark side, he's not a big fan of leg day, but arm day. <laughs> yeah, arm, Ooh. chest, and ab day. I guess he doesn't really need to do abs because he doesn't have abs. Because instead he's got a giant hole in his stomach. But yeah, Big Boy, the first real boss fight of the game. Uh, which is funny because this is one of the, the multiple fights where you can win or lose. It doesn't matter. And I didn't really realize that you could just lose to him, because I feel like I always just beat him. Not to brag. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, as you say that, I forgot. It was funny, because I was mentioning someone today. Hey, I feel like early game, cage one, there are a few, like, win or lose boss fights. It doesn't matter. I don't think I ever lost to Darkseid. Maybe, like, an unfortunate loss, maybe once. Yeah, I can't think of losing to Darkseid during the tutorial, like, in recent memories. I think I lost to him and... this time, but I think it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because, like, it was on my mind now that, like, oh, you can lose to him. So I just kind of let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, it doesn't, it literally changes nothing. So that's fine. It probably changes the cutscene a little bit. But you don't you don't get any experience. You don't get any items or anything. So it doesn't really matter. So if you're speed running, just let him, just let him whack you, basically. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, you either beat or lose against him. We could talk about the boss fight itself, but we can let's just say that for when you fight him again in the next episode. Yeah. And yeah, Sora gets engulfed by the darkness and he gets a final little motivational speech from the mysterious voice who tells him, "You are the one who will open the door." Which that's not really a thing that matters anymore, but it sounded really cool back then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I really relate to or like it, it feels uh and this is reflected in the uh the second dive to the heart, which we'll talk about whenever we get to that. But um, uh, once Darkseid grows some sort of shadow, the, the ominous voice, I'm just going to refer to it as, uh, it says, like, you know, don't be afraid. It's basically saying, dang, things are going to look tough, but... Hang in there, baby. Just hang in there <laughs> and just keep walking forward. Because he does try to run. You do try to run away. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, mm, them stairs are gone, buddy. Yeah, there there, there actually is no yep. way. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> not at ooh. all. Who do we think that voice is? Oh, oh, that's a that's a question. Slash, how be, do you hear it, it be, in your head? It could be anybody, but uh, I I I feel like I've had this internal discussion before. I think it's it could be any everybody, but also nobody. <sighs> so I th- 
but not uh, but not yeah, a nobody. That's not a play. On, that's not a play. On, <laughs> yeah, but that's not a play on words. I think it is just meant to be like a random, yep. disembodied voice. Maybe like at the end of the day, I don't think it's a character. If it was a character, I think it would be Sora himself, like talking to himself. But I think it's not meant to be like a Mickey or oh, a character. Okay. I think it's just meant to be like it's just meant to it's be just... i think that's also why it's a it's not a voiced role either it's just meant to be this sort of like you know your con- i mean i'm about to say conscience but we have jimmy in this game I was, so i can't say conscience uh, i was gonna so make much. that joke oh <laughs> but yeah i think it's just meant to be a guiding voice. just a disembodied uh, voice yeah i always kind of just hear it in my head as like just i don't know some guy with like a dark like a deep soothing voice very morgan freeman-esque but like somehow more gravitas part of me thinks it's mickey only because he kind of does the same thing in chain of memories where he's just a voice but mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't really make sense That's also true. especially since it's just a dream not everything has to be a thing it can just be a random voice yeah so i don't think there's too much to read into the into the voice except literally what the voice is trying to tell you you know what i'm in my head it's gonna be well damn i was gonna say it's gonna be gilbert godfrey but <laughs> he's already a voice in kingdom hearts sora <laughs> Sarah, look past the darkness. <laughs> you gotta open the door to light. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think the voice is? Comment below. I don't think commenting's a thing, but um, I know that uh, the platform we're currently using does have like uh, you may be able to submit uh, listener questions. So oh, if there's ooh. a listener question or comment you want to send our well, way, we'll uh, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> probably by next. By next episode, we may have like a definitive uh, answer or something at least. Yeah, at some point we'll uh, set up an email. You can so keep keep this in the back of your mind. So you can scream directly into our ears. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. He gets engulfed by the darkness and cut to black, and then he wakey wakey eggs and bakey. But mm-hmm. we'll save that for another time. <laughs> we've uh, we've had some uh, difficulties currently. Yeah. What can I say? But uh, yeah, we'll have to do some cleanup there. Do some bibbity bobbity boo. Yeah, so that's that's episode one. Thanks so much for listening. If you if you like what you hear, you know maybe subscribe to our feed. Stay tuned for next episode where we'll be covering wherever you find your podcast. <laughs> because I'm also unsure of where our platform is going to let us post, but it should yeah. Be- hopefully a lot of the the major mm, the, the big uh, ones places that places that you fill your ear holes yeah. so so next episode we'll be covering the destiny islands um both days because it's still pretty short so from the beginning to the end essentially yeah yeah playing through i kind of i feel like you can get lost in destiny islands by lost not like actually like lost in terms of i don't know where i am but there's a there's a very short way to get through the islands but you can also spend a lot of time in the islands as well. i ended up it took me like an hour and a half of, of like the whole playtime, so awakening included so probably like an hour for destiny islands which yeah i was surprised how it took that long but yeah i was i was doing some meandering so but we'll talk about it we'll talk about it later we will so stay tuned next week for kingdom hearts kingdom hearts by heart is the title because that's because that's the name. Wink, wink. Uh, episode two. Right. Do we have a do we have a sign off like some sort of quote from the game? Like your friends are your power, so don't do drugs. <laughs> sure, let's go with that for now. Why not? For fig- will it get better? Mm? 
Can it get worse? Possibly. Let's we'll find out next time. Let's just do the uh the Kingdom Hearts one Sora. See ya. Maybe we can actually just splice in that clip. See ya. We, we might be able to. When he shoots his firefighter. Fire. With the transition might fit. We'll find out. In All right.